0: What is up, everybody? A um, little bit of a change of pace for this week's podcast. I'm uh, actually going to be repurposing an interview I did with uh, Chad Nicefield, uh, singer of the band Wilson, uh, from here in Michigan. Um, I do freelance writing for a local uh, website around here in Grand Rapids called Localspins.com. Um, we review shows. Uh, we put uh, like a spotlight on local artists and, and upcoming shows coming to around town and whatnot um so i asked to do a feature on the band um and since i've known those guys for a really long time uh i kind of had noticed that everyone focuses on them being a party band being really energetic uh all things that are true however it's not it's not what i wanted them to be to be known for um, I know those dudes are very serious. I've seen the work they put into the band uh, over the last, you know, five or six years, um, and I wanted to paint them in a in a different light than I think the average person, uh, or the average journalist, I should say, uh, really does. Um, so I reached out to the label, uh, and got Chad to uh do this small interview with me. Um, we discuss a lot of things that kind of date the date this interview to when the events happened um at this point the attacks in Paris had just happened recently um something I know that the band had you know played at the Bataclan uh before and uh subsequently after um those attacks happened just kind of seeing what uh the mindset of a touring band is when you have to deal with some of these international uh issues that you know may prevent you from Uh, you know touring or you know whatever um so i i thought this would be really you know timely especially in light of uh kind of the political climate we're in now and, and a lot of the traveling stuff uh bands and whatnot that are going on um but just as a whole i thought this was a a pretty interesting uh chat with chad someone i've known for a while um and just kind of wanted to you know paint the band in a different picture uh than just being you know a fucking party band that lucked into everything they do because that is most certainly not uh why they're in the position that they're in why they've achieved all the successes that they have uh it very much is uh their blue collar work ethic and and just you know um busting their ass and and putting their all into what they do and uh, being humble and gracious for everybody that listens to them and goes to their shows and all that and i think uh in this this interview you'll you'll see and hear the sincerity uh that Chad has on behalf of the the guys in wilson um so uh you know I think this is a good interview um it was the first uh thing kind of podcast wise i really had done um the audio's a little eh but um I still think that doesn't uh, negate that this is a good uh, conversation. So with that, uh, we'll get into the episode and uh, stick around to the end and we will have a track from Wilson. singer of Wilson Um, (laughs) wanted to uh, ask you some questions and uh, I guess I'm gonna start with the most recent thing that uh, I've been wondering Um, you kind of screwed up my line of questioning when you shaved your beard uh, last week or so because I was gonna say what's it like uh, having something so identified uh, as for the band and for you as a person Um, but now you've shaved it and to a degree, we've kind of seen the reactions, but how surprised were you at uh, the reaction you've got from just shaving your beard, something that some people do all the time?
1: I I can't say that it wasn't a surprise, you know, as far as, like, the reaction being uh, a little bit more of a, You know, I I want to say a big deal because in the grand scheme of the world, (laughs) it (laughs) was definitely the smallest of deals ever. But like, you know, it was always one of those things that we talked about inside the band, whatnot, about like what would happen. You know, just from having it as long as we have, not been you know labeled as like a beard, a bearded beard drinking rock and roll band what would happen if that went away luckily during that period of time i've had we've had people like jason and, and uh, james and even kyle um, you know grow some of their own facial uh their own facial furries <laughs> and uh you know so there's there's still this still represents them but it was just time like um it's been seven years since i've seen my own chin and it was time to uh you know, just do something different and on top of it i i'm, a, I'm like Stressed out, dude, all the time, and when I get stressed out, I take out the bottom of my beards like my little uh, nervous habit or whatever. So I had like developed all these like, like cavernous holes underneath my chin, and it was just looking like, really nappy underneath there. So I'm, you know, the, the object the objective is to grow back out. Uh, it was nice to see my my chin. I can say that I think uh, the, the the initial shock to people is like welcomed because it is just one dude's face (laughs) but uh uh, but i mean i mean i I suppose i you know i i get it in a way but at the same time it's hair and it grows back and hopefully in a few months everybody will just calm themselves down about it and i'll have a beard everything will be okay the world is still going to continue to move on
0: so are you going to do a a new line of merch with you without a beard redo all the (laughs) old merch designs with you without a beard now
1: no, I don't think we'll do anything like that. Well, yeah. I do have a pretty killer, killer mustache going on. Right now. Yeah, I've it. Maybe I can it. get some
0: mustache patches or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, on my face. So something that I have noticed over the years of, of following you guys and, and being friends with you is uh, your dedication to working with individuals that you're really closely tied to, like Joe Gal. Um, Doing the photography for you guys, doing band photos, uh, even so much as doing the photo for the cover photo for your new album, Right to Rise, um, and Nick being, you know, one of your management uh, people. Um, how strong does the sense of you know wanting to work with individuals that uh, you guys know personally? How how does that uh, tie into what you guys do? I'm trying to figure out a better way to say that
1: it's a you know i get what you're saying it's a, for us it's a it's an admiration of our friends you know the and people and what they're doing you know from their own lives you know like not only when you talk about joe i mean joe's been doing this for a long time in in, in his own right he's far more successful as an artist i think than probably wilson is but it was our you know it, for us it was our way to to shine any sort of outside light that maybe maybe does or does not know about his great work and on top of it he does a really great job of capturing you know the essence of the city from its worst parts to its best parts and i don't think there's anybody out there who does it better you know around here so with that being said you know like if we could shine a light on you know in any dark corners of the world um that illuminates you know what the talent that's you know here in our city that that's going to be our first and foremost goal or at least who we go to first i mean even the videos all the music videos that we do are with you know Pretty much the same, you know. Our buddy Ray has done pretty much every single one. I mean, every one of them Ray right? has been atta- attached to, you know, alongside of another friend and you know, myself producing, you know, and uh, recurring roles with you know, like people like our my, my roommate Zach Darwin, who's pretty much been in every single one of our music videos. I mean, I'd consider him a sixth member of our band, right? And so when it comes down to it, and that's just you know, that's just, the, that's just our, our little piece of. Uh, of the pie that we'd like to show the world, you know where we come from, who we are as people, and honor the people who helps craft us as not only individuals but as a band, you
0: know. Yeah, it's something. And, of, uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's just an important thing that we that we like to,
0: to honor. I was to say, it's been something that's been kind of cool um, to see and notice that you know the people you came up with, quote unquote, um, are still the people that you know you support in your various endeavors, whether it be like Jenica and Ink Addict. Uh, or like Mike Moore uh, and some of the people over at like the Party Crew Collective um, and stuff like that. So it's been really cool to see that even regardless of the success you guys have had and some of the other sponsorships and stuff that you guys have, that you still are loyal to the people that were there from the get-go. It's not always the thing you you tend to notice uh, with bands that are at the caliber that you're at currently. So it's been...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's for us, it's, it's just like those people believed in us before anybody else did. So, and, you know, give, you know like, and we're like we're preaching the word before anybody ever gave a, you know, gave, gave a crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, why would we turn our back on, on those people, if anything, if, any, if there's any way for us to help them in their endeavors or whatever they're looking to do in life? And, you know, by all means, please let us help you. You know, I don't, like I said, I, I, most of those people have, are you know, we're far better off in their, in their realms, but any sort of thing that we can do to help each other in our community and the people we grow up, um, you know, with is, is first, first on our checklist,
0: so. Um, speaking of, uh, working with various people and kind of going back to the beginning of the band, um, something that I kind of had been aware of from seeing you guys almost from the beginning till, till now, um, there was a time where you know you guys would just play, and you had a set, and, and the show was what it was, and it was still very entertaining. But then there came a point, it almost seemed overnight, kind of, but I'm sure it wasn't, where instead of just playing songs, you built a set. Um, incorporated things to keep the audience interactive with what was going on in the show, as opposed to just, here's dead time, people are tuning, whatever. Uh, was that a conscious decision? and do you think that that's at what point do does a local band kind of start having to think if we're going to continue to do this and we want to have any kind of success that we need to treat this more professionally I guess is the best word I can use to describe that
1: you know I think that a lot of that stems from like or like where like the job that I you know, do here in Detroit which is a talent being a talent buyer from you know that's connected to the crowfoot in uh, Michigan. You know, like seeing bands play all, all the time and you know kind of feeling the lull, you know in, in different parts of like sets and and whatnot especially when you know you're up against a, a room of people that don't know you you know and that's pretty much the you know the beginning of our band or any band you know when you're opening up for other bands and things like that like you gotta win those people over and you can hope only hope that your music is going to do exactly that but I mean, at the end of the day, this is entertainment. People came to other uh, houses, put their shoes on, spent their money, got babysitters, you know, or rearranged your schedules, whatever it may be, to be entertained. And that might be $5, $10, $25, $100. We know what they spent, you know, in that particular situation. But if you're going to play in a band and you're going to play out live, the, the biggest thing that I've noticed in the genre of rock and roll in general and it's' getting a little bit better, but like it's always been about this thing where like the people are in the crowd and they're looking up at the band, you know, and that's what the band is seeing. You know, like they're they they have this egotistical like soapbox that you're standing on in rock and roll. You know, most most every general in general, music or whatever has the same thing. But the sense of community and the fact that you're like all together in this one exact environment. You know you just happen to be the entertainment but you, you know you more so an entertainer needs to entertain people and that's how they do their job so when you, when you start to break down the little like facets of being in a band and what it what, what you're doing on stage yeah you can stand up there and try to bask in the limelight of whatever was going on but it's never been our intention. you know we started the band as a way to get free, free beer while jason was going to college you know like it was is never meant to be anything else other than a good time, so and that carries over, and that's what we try to do every single night when we get on the stage is present a good time, so we're adding these little extra pieces of flavor, whether it's be playing beer bottles, or marching bass drums, or doing these ridiculous, landish things, having huge, you know, like, like a light tar that, like I said, did that doll and built an you know, entire light show, like those little pieces of spectacle, it, it, like, it really makes the experience especially like I said when you're dealing with rock and roll which you know is a hard axe to grind nowadays anyways it makes the experience more worthy of people's time to keep coming out you know and you become a part of their lives not just you know, you know like them being the you know you being these gods that you worship on stage all in the environment's all one or you know one one cloth so that's how I kind of look at it, those little additives is
0: giving them something to remember. Totally. It uh, definitely seemed like once you guys had come back home from the the tour with Guar and the, I want to say the Jason Newtster tour, I think those were back-to-back, it definitely seemed like the band just kind of had a different different vibe uh, about your live show um, and, and taking it more seriously. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, Even to the point where... I was going to say, even to the point where like now I'm noticing like you're wearing in-ears, like something, uh, you know, obviously where you're more concerned about putting on a a good sounding show vocally as opposed to just, you know, probably throwing out your voice, screaming a whole bunch and doing it incorrectly or getting wasted before the show or whatever. Um, How is that kind of a different thing? Because I know like you can hear yourself more. So is it kind of hard to still kind of put on? You know, the vibe of being in the live room with the live instruments as opposed to being more aware of how you sound in conjunction with the rest of the band in a live setting?
1: You know, like, that, I mean, it's a serious, like, you know, like, it's, it's and when people say it's only, like, it comes back to the entertainment, thing, you know, like, um, you know, you want to do the best you can for the people mm-hmm. in the room. Not only that, but the best you can for the people that you're on stage with, because, you know, uh, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link up there. You know, like if I am up there out of key or out of breath or, you know, whatever's going on, then you know, no, it doesn't matter how awesome Jason's guitar solo is or how <laughs> badass changes bass sounds or drums, because the whole thing goes down the shitter once one person fucks it up. You know. Right. So that's like, that's paying that. that you know, that's paying attention to the overall uh, output that you're. You're giving the audience, an awful, awful yes, to save your voice. You're not having to fight over the, uh, fight over the stage volume of everybody. You can actually pay attention to what's what's being projected out there. Though it might sound a lot different out the front of the house because there's, you know, it's not directly in your ears. It's still like, it's a, it's an important thing for me. I guess moving forward, to, to focus on giving the best that I possibly can, and as for as long as I possibly can do it. It's not easy, you know, to be yelling 200 and something days of, a year <laughs> um, consecutively and expect that the human body is going to keep, you know, and then you can bring in the drinking and the, the smoking and all those other things and the clubs, and yelling and talking to people all day long. It's not, you know, it's not an easy thing to keep that instrument up. So, yeah, I mean, it's a conscious... It was a conscious effort to make sure that I'm doing as best as I can for my brothers at their end stage as well for the people who paid the money
0: to come see the show. Right on. Um, this is kind of a long-winded question, so please uh, forgive that. But um, Wilson as a whole, uh, when you guys started, it started with uh, a completely different lineup other than Jason that's still there now. Through the years, you guys have uh, had the growing pains of any local band um, where you've, you know, lost members due to not being able to uh, uphold their end of the touring schedule or, you know, real jobs, careers, whatever, getting in the way. Um, Yet somehow with every lineup change, you guys have somehow actually found someone that fits the band a lot better. Uh, And it's nothing against the people that came before, but that usually doesn't happen. Um, So with that being said, how important is just getting along with the people before it actually comes to playing on the stage, uh, as you've encountered with the various lineup changes over the years.
1: For A band like us, chemistry is everything. You know, we've all we all you know we all find way. You know, when you're trapped in, in a small band that many that many hours during a day, during a week, during a month, after a while, you realize that you haven't seen the same person for you know. You, you, there's of course going to be you know some <laughs> some rough around the edges moments, but. It's really important for us to nip those things in the butt and make sure that we're as tight knit as we possibly can with each other. And uh, because it comes off on stage, and it comes off when you're meandering around with each other, and it comes off when you're doing these sort of things. And you know, the idea of a band is exactly that—you know, brothers and sisters, you know, being together. And, you know, like, you hope that you can grow together as musicians and write great music that people care about But at the very beginning of the time. Every time you kind of started a band, when you were younger, you were like, you know, my best friends, and I started a band. who sucked. You know, like, it was, <laughs> we he didn't even know how to play drums. So, you know, I didn't know how to play guitar. He didn't know how to play bass, but we were just friends and liked bands. So we started. I mean, at the very, at the, so we started one. So at the very, you know, at the very core of all this stuff, for any musician ever, is friendship, you know, you're doing something with your, your buddies, you know, and uh, it's important to, for us, like I said, the very DNA of the band is, sometimes speaks even louder than the music of the band, so it's important that we, you know, that we honor and cater and make sure that we're, we're, we're greased up with each other, <laughs> if you <laughs> will, you
0: know? um. Yeah, it's been really weird to see, and it seems like with a lot of bands that tour, as much as you, you have been and are currently, that a lot of times when when the band members come home, the last thing they really want to do is spend any time with the people they've just spent months on the road with, yet it seems like you guys are constantly, once you get back home, you actually do hang out quite a bit um, and go to local shows and stuff like that and support the, you know, the Detroit scene. Um, how important... I was going to say, how important is it to you to still, you know, be a face? Like, you know, a lot of local bands, you know, once they reach a certain level, it seems like, they, they, you know, music is their job, so the last thing they want to do is be at a show or whatever, but it seems like that's the exact opposite for you guys. I
1: mean, I think that everybody is, can, can once in a while be guilty uh, of taking that selfish time. That, you know, of course, like, we're, we're just, everybody's just human Human beings, you need your own time. You need time to decompress, or you'll self implode. or course, yeah. You know, yet, you know, you know, the unit that you created will self implode. Um, so there's definitely that going on. and then you have people who have like relationships, and you know, and their family members they haven't seen in a long time. Like, those take stress. That, that sort of stuff takes precedent over like anything else you know it just does it's just part of life i want to see my mother and my father and my sister and my best friends and you know and my loved ones or whatever more than i want to do any of that other stuff when i'm home but it's also very it's, it's also like because we care so so deeply about music in general and our peers and people that we consider to be you know um A part of what we grew up doing, you know, we want to go out and see them play. And and, hey, it inspires us, you know, like it's not like, you know, we're going, no, not none none of us will be going out to a show and judging somebody else or something (laughs) like that. It's inspiring to like be in a room and feel that sort of exact kinetic energy that, you know, made that inspires you to get out of, you know, to get in the vans and and bring it to town to town to town. So, you know. it's all part of the process too. You know, we generally love music, and we generally love our friends play it, or even just going to shows. And you know, we'll go like two times last week. I went, or two times over the past week. I went over to see a, a local, I a, a local, but a friends band that was in town playing. You know, even if I spent a good two months in my life on the road, I'll go out every single so time I come in and I'm available to see them. You know, I like their band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Kind of segueing, sort of back into the band playing and recording and whatnot. Um, each album release has kind of seen a, a slight um, departure from the sound from the initial record. Like Standing on the Reel was kind of very um, kind of fun and loose, for lack of a better term. And it mm-hmm. seemed like once you guys uh, came out with a Full Blast Fuckery that there were some songs, the newer songs on that, that kind of caught at least me off guard because it wasn't quite the same as the old stuff but it it still had that vibe and then even going into Rights to it seemed like there was more of a, a conscious effort to not be a, a quote-unquote party band anymore and maybe be taken more seriously with with the songs you're writing and the, the lyrics that you're singing. Um How has that been for all of you to uh, to write, I know "Right to Rise" is, I believe, anyway, the first record that the whole band has written, and everyone played their collective parts that they've written. Um, how has how has that process been, and and what do you think of the the reception so far for you know these newer songs that you know aren't necessarily the same Susan Jane's or you know things like that that everyone's been hearing over the last five or six years.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that that wasn't a conscious decision because, I mean, it was something that we wanted to fully knowing that, like, you know, like, um, we have a bunch of different influences as dudes, and if we were limiting ourselves to the same type of, you know, sound every single time we wrote a song, then we wouldn't be servicing any of the sort of, like, I guess, you know, egotistical part of being a musician is being able to let your, your insides out, you know, and, and tell... Different types of stories, and I think that that's kind of like what you're saying from going from uh, you know like the EP to I mean, and then exactly what you said to from you know where full last Buckery is for the most part just Jason and I, you know, like and then who we play drums on, even you know a couple of our previous members had been involved in some of, in helping to craft some of those those songs. And it was never really, you know, it was so bad. We never thought about it. I mean, there was no label that was going to be putting it out. We just knew that we were going to record a record. We got a, we got a, thanks to you, we got a, a nod from a, a Steve Evitz who we were like, oh my God, this is crazy. This guy wants to record us, And we were like, well, we don't have, we can, were going to do an EP. We can go up there and do a couple songs. And then we were talking about it and we're just like, all right, we should do a full length album. And we just wrote a few more songs and we even wrote what would be Viking uh like Viking pussies fuck off as uh, as you know a song right there in the studio at that moment, you know, and we just committed to it all, and there was never a thought of like what's this gonna do, you know, where or do we need this part or what can we you know like that, so we never really analyzed that much. we just went in and did it, and um, you know I'm super proud of what came out of that, and it's definitely like you know, there's definitely a lot of fun in there. But when you're moving forward, you want to try to be the best that you you can as a musician and you're thinking about different sort of things. Like if you if you analyze the lyrics on the blast fuckery, in no shit, way, shape or form are there any party things going on there. The titles of the songs definitely Working titles. That, but like you know, like that was the vibe that we we just kept the working titles of the song. You know, like it wasn't like I said, it was just like this is the song, this is we're doing. We're not thinking about and, other you know, pieces of the puzzle. And moving forward with Right to Rise, you're getting in the, in the studio, the, you know, there's a label involved, and you've been writing all these songs, and you have, like, a catalog of, like, 30 songs that you wrote, and whittling it down to your best ones, and then cutting the fat off of those ones. And, you know, it, you start to grow, and you want to have some of those, the five of you, you know, have influences, and you want some of those to shine through. And that's pretty much the exact reason why Right to Rise sounds the way that it does. And, um, moving forward and the next record will probably you know we've been writing on that and some of the stuff we've been writing is way different get me in one of those records but it all kind of makes sense when you put them all against each other like we've done that you know like okay yeah I mean this is a little bit more rough this is a little bit more tame this is definitely way heavier um, but you know that's the essence of the band and we're hoping to continue to you know grow in that direction and being able to open new doors you know of closing other ones
0: <laughs> right can we expect an, an evening with Wilson uh, acoustic album now that we have seen you doing a lot? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> now that we've seen yeah, you doing I mean, a lot some more, of us would really love that. <laughs> and some, some of us would
1: really hate that. So, I mean, there's definitely like a, there's definitely moments of. Uh, I mean, you know, we learned to play a bunch of those songs and something like, survived acoustically because we were doing so many like radio station visits where we'd have to play acoustically me, on the yeah. air at like nine o'clock in the morning yeah. <laughs> so we were like wanting to give us song so it's not that we haven't figured out ways to like make wills work in those environments but no i don't think that'll, that's the cards at least that I mean, time in the future
0: so we won't have your your corn moment acu- unplugged where jonathan davis asks almost introspectively are you ready you don't <laughs> you won't have the uh, don't look into my eyes <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I think if we did it it would be done in a very hilarious way like
0: that. <laughs> I think it'd be very funny to, to see that eventually. Um Some more campy
1: or something. Right? Yeah.
0: Um so something now that you guys have uh kind of getting more serious I suppose, um so since you guys have been touring internationally as of recently, um something I've often wondered, um as a band that, you know, is here in Detroit, or well for you in Detroit, um, but here in Michigan um are you now more aware of uh what's happening overseas like between the attacks on paris and like what's going on over in brussels do you tend to now pay more attention to that as it affects your overseas touring plans potentially or uh anything like that like are you i don't know if you ever were really more of a uh, person who pays attention to the news in the first place but um just kind of something i've wondered
1: i think as i get older in general, like I pay much more attention to that, regardless of the band. But then those things really hit like extreme, like extremely close to the heart. I mean, you know, uh, the the, the Klan, we played in that venue like less than a year, you know, after I mean before what happened there. You know, I was in that room, I was on that stage. You know, it's like you think about the band, you know, think about Eagles of Death Metal, who had you know been in that room and saw the horror in front of them, and you know, were people playing that brought the people into that was the band playing that brought the people into the room that essentially ended the lives. you know like that's a heavy 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 thing to put on your heart and in general in such a sacred place of like of a concert that you know like that's not where you think terrorist attacks are going to happen that's where you're you know you're going to like feel safe and and feel like you're, you're living your life you know right not you know like it's just it's crazy to think about this stuff and i definitely pay attention to it a lot more like i said as i'm getting older but even in 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 belgium in russell's we were we were there two months not even two months in that same in that same exact area yeah before that happened you know like it's insane to think about that and you know like we have parents and loved ones who are like oh my god you know like they start to call you more regularly when you're on the road it's it's thought to think about that, but more or less think about what's happening, you know, in the world, you know. And in, in yeah, I can't I can't even begin to describe how horrific that must have been for any of those people the cities uh, that were involved and in countries that were involved with that. And I definitely my heart bleeds for that man I couldn't imagine like being here in Detroit and you know, at the close foot Something like that happening Or even at our, at our airport You know, it's, it's crazy Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think
0: we all pay attention a lot more It's definitely something that I've I wondered um, You know, through following a lot of bands and stuff You know, you see them Anytime anyone ends up in Texas um, You know, when they go to Dimebag's uh, Grape site or The play, what is it I uh, can't remember the venue in Ohio where he was shot Like, you know, it's it's kind of like taped off There's, you know, I'm yeah. sure it's a very heavy vibe that, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being able to, to be in a room where that presence is is still probably still there. Um, so I know, like like I said, I know you guys have been over to both those spots relatively recently. Um, and it would seem like something that would just kind of be a little more impactful for you guys as opposed to just, you know, like myself. Where it's like, oh, that's shitty that that happened and this would be the last place I would want something like this to happen. Um, but it's got to have more weight. Uh, for you guys having, you know, been on that stage, been in those rooms, um, and just knowing that, you know, like now maybe that's tucked in the back of your mind at any point that something could happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's important that you don't live your life. You don't live, you know, essentially if you let them scare you from living your life, like you've you'd let them win. So that's exactly what they're looking to do in those positions. So, like, when we recently played Paris, you know, after the the um, the, the, the happened, uh, we were all like, you know, kind of wondering how it was going to go. And we pull up our van to the venue, and it's like three hours, like two hours before the doors. And there's a line around the corner, and the place sells out, sold out. And it was the most insane show of the entire tour. I was like. <laughs> It, it was like nothing ever happened and it was awesome. empowering to see the people treat it like that like you're not going to scare us you know we're going to live our lives and no matter what you do you can't take that you know can't take that sort of can't take our freedom away like that but you know like this is our our choice in a smaller world you know lots we're talking about being in a concert venue like that that pales in comparison to like millions of other different things that or, or you can and cannot do with your time, sporting events and whatnot. But um you know, it was it was extremely powerful to feel the room al- so alive after such darkness
0: <laughs> fell upon that city. it you know? it's kinda feel good to be part of the uh the resurgence of sorts of uh just being able to provide those people with uh, a relief, you know, an escape for what they're going through. Sure, as well. I think
1: they were provided us with relief. You know, like <laughs> I mean, you know, like to, to see that the, the, the lack of fear in their eyes, just them losing their shit It's like, oh, well, I don't have to be afraid to be on this stage. I don't have to be afraid to be like a sitting duck, essentially, if there's something that was going to happen. You know, like it, it, it was, it was freeing. You know, because I'm not gonna lie, every one of us were a little scared. Just you know, like I, I, I might just try to be. I tried to be you know, like a little bit harder about it all. Like, no, that's gonna be fine to my mom and my dad, but in the back of my head I'm like, Fuck. You know, like that could be us on stage. You never know, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, it was yeah, it was it was amazing to feel the energy in the room.
0: Kind of a another bum out topic <laughs> is uh huh. that's not really funny to laugh at, but just the you know, um I guess it's the awkward thing you do, but uh, something else that's kind of equally shitty to happen to bands and something, you know, for any of the local bands potentially listening or any bands listening in general, um, with a lot of the break-ins that have occurred um, to a lot of people's vans or even, uh, like, Boston van accidents like the one uh, the members of The Ghost Inside were were involved in and and seeing the repercussions that they've been dealing with uh, over the last few months of that, um, how... How have you guys, has it changed how you guys have toured in, you know, the drives that you do or uh, how how long you drive or anything like that? Is it, has it really affected you guys at all either?
1: Those sort of situations of what a band like the Ghost Inside went through is um, the epitome of a nightmare, you know, uh, not only for the guys involved, but for their families For the loved ones, for the people that care about them. You know, like every single day you don't realize that every single day that you're out there, it's a gamble, you know? Um, It's just like any single time you get on the road to drive, you know, there's always a a chance some sort of accident is going to happen. However, you know, you're in these big buses. It's, it, you feel like you're unbreakable you know going down the road you know it feels like something that's going to happen we'll be fine versus being like in a Sierra or something like that you know when you're in an old box or like a you know any sort of like small vehicle like you, you, you don't really think about the the horror that could happen if something like that were to go down and it, it is every single musician and every single person who cares about a musicians, the worst fear to have to not let that happen. Mm-hmm. And to see a band like The Ghost Aside, specifically, you know, Andrew, um, come out of it with not only such a great um, point of view on the horror that they've had to go through, but to continue to want to do the exact thing that put them in that position. Right. It is more than more than inspiring that's for sure it is uh it makes you realize that you know in the world all those stupid things that you complain about being on the road and doing all these mundane things that may or may not like you know be the minutiae of your day or whatever it's all it should be all worth it you know when a person like that can go through what they went through and he's a great guy you know and uh to go through what they went through and get back up like that if you you have anything to complain about, you might as well just stop doing what you're doing, you know, and go home and take a nap, because it's time for you to, you know, it's time for you to reevaluate what you're doing with your life. It's extremely, like I said, like every single day, is, is it, you, you realize when those things happen, and you're like, you're, you're, you're rolling the dice, you know? Right. And as, as a band, we do, we're very conscious about drive shifts, you know? Like we make sure that like, everybody drives when we're in the van. Um, and everybody drives for a specific period of time, unless they're like extremely exhausted. It's like five o'clock in the morning. We figure it out, but we don't let people drive long, you know. Right. And uh, we we we've went through every single precaution possible to protect our valuables, whether that's building a bed in our van and making sure that like the weather permits that somebody stays in the van every night, and we have the obvious locks on everything, you know. And we we, we try to park in places that are well lit. And, uh, you know, like we're constantly checking on our stuff when we're at the venue, you know, a lot of You know, like there's a lot of, it's your entire life in like a little box behind your, your uh, behind a van. You know, everything you've worked for, we send to you, save, you put into what's inside of that, essentially. So for it to be just magically gone in the morning or walking up to a venue and your stuff is gone, that, uh, that sort of feeling is like, you know, it makes people want to give up. But again, you look at people like Andrew and the, all the bands that went through any of those situations even theft and kept going that alone if, if that alone is a motivation for you then you're doing the wrong I and mean, then you're in the wrong business you know
0: right well I'm going to give you the last couple of questions and then I'll let you go and get back to your evening um so you're coming what's today's the 6th uh, you'll be here next Friday with uh we came as Romans uh, tour. This is—it seems like it's the one of the first tours you've done in the last little bit where you're playing with like kind of heavier metal bands. Um, how excited are you a to come back to Grand Rapids, which I feel like you haven't been to in a little while? And how is it going into another tour where you're kind of the, the oddball on the on the bill, so to speak? <laughs> I know Jason. When I last talked to Jason, he was like, "Yeah, we haven't played one of these kind of shows in a while. Like, it'll be kind of fun being." You know, the the sore thumb on the bill, so to speak. Yeah,
1: I mean, the thing is, is it's funny, because I think that we're always kind of the sore thumb, in a way, on the bill, but, like, for some reason, like, you know, when you look at all the different touring things we've done, there's been little parts of our band that's made sense with that, the headliner or whatever it is, but it's never, like, all the way made sense. You know, here and there, we've had a couple different times where it's like, okay, this works, but I think it's just a vibe of, you know, the band playing in... You know, you know, being a, like we talked about earlier, being a live show that you're trying, you're trying to give your all for the people who came out. That really like allows us to do what we do. So it'll be interesting. We're actually really looking forward to this, uh, to this, to this type of tour because we haven't done something like this in a long time, and we're excited to, be, you know, put up against every night. You know, we're excited to be put up against the wall. So it's gonna be fun to, you know, fun to see what comes out of it. And coming to Grand Rapids in general is going to be awesome. Like you said, it's been a long time. And we haven't played that, that stage in, in quite some time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're extremely pumped about coming back, for sure it been something that we've been waiting to, and trying, to, trying to get. Uh, you know, so, yeah, we hope every tour that we get comes through Grand Rapids, so we can, you know, support something up there. You know, grow the band and see some people, some familiar faces. But on top of it, you know, hopefully open, you know, some brain holes up to Wilson that haven't <laughs> been able to, you know, been able to to take us on yet. You know.
0: And lastly, what is your favorite song to play live, and why?
1: Oh, to play live? Yeah, mm. that's a good one. Um, Windows down. Um, I, ju- I just uh, from the new record. I think it, it just it 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 just feels so good. There's 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 a lot of energy in the song, and it just it, you know like I get to tell a little bit of a story about Detroit, about people that you know I care about and. And get to, you know, hopefully sometimes it's always fun when people know the song, you know, like, yeah, all the words, Detroit, Michigan, and, 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 and you know, you get to, you know, it, it's just a fun, loving time, good time, it rocks, and you can always, you always see, even if they don't know who the band is, you always see them light up, you know, when that song's done, you know kind of like when we would play like ACDCs back in black every single night because you know on tour because we knew that nobody knew who our band (laughs) was we do do this you know like when people are going to people are going to be like oh I totally get who they are now You you know as soon as you hear the band cover something like that you're like oh okay now I know what they're doing
0: is that and that's why probably you're the same stu- thing
1: with Windows Down for us as a band? If we're you know playing our own original music if somebody didn't know the band, that's a really great way to be introduced to the band as like the dynamic of what the band is able to do and is doing. And yeah, you know, I just had the best
0: time type that song. Is that why there's still the uh, Nazareth color cover is in there now? Kind of give uh, a yeah, band, yeah, yeah, give <laughs> we uh, everyone. That,
1: we thought we we're gonna put it on the record, but we
0: didn't. Ah, record store days. Black Friday record story, yeah. you should do it for that. Exactly. And I'd also be remiss now that you brought up the uh the whole point of Windows down with the Detroit part. Uh, you guys were overseas and apparently had an encore request where people chanted Detroit instead of encore. How was how was yeah. that? And I know Detroit Pretty crazy. You, you guys have put Detroit, you know, literally on your guys' back as, you know, something you're very proud to be a be from. Uh, so much so that you literally wear something Michigan-based as your sleeve for your tattoo, uh, the various seasons and such. Um, what what does it mean to you to be from Detroit and being a band that's on tour, since it seems to have a, a certain connotation to a lot of people? You know, we're Detroit, Rock City, so on and so forth. Um, what um, is What does it mean to you over the years, having, you know, branched out into the Midwest and then eventually now overseas? What it, What does it feel like to be from Detroit now?
1: It feels like we always knew it felt like, and it feels like that in every single room, every single place, you know, play for people in. It's uh, you know, it's 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 really nice to be able to tell at least a little bit of a positive side about the place that you come from, which, generally speaking, over the past many of many of many of years has uh, has been um, deemed as, you know, this deep, dark, burned-down zombie land. You know, in the past five years, we've had a lot of those happen. Right. And, um, um, you know, like, to be able to move into, you know, these different areas for the night and tell a little bit about where we come from, not just the city in itself, but the people who inhabit the city and the people who, Made us who we are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, you know, we're we're from a very uh, a very working part of the country, you know, and have went through hell over and over again. It's not, you know, our our city's motto and the way that we were founded it was basically, you know, like through the ashes we will rise. You know, like we 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 started as like. We started. If if I can quote whatever that rapper is, it started from the top, started from the bottom. Now we're here.
0: That would be Drake (laughs) from Canada. (laughs) um, The the,
1: but I mean, like that's the uh, you know that's the best part of touring is is being able to like leave a little bit of who you are in that room and in the people's hopefully souls that you played for. You know, Um, for us, uh, it's important that. We try to do our best to tell the people that we're, you know, that the police places we're playing for that there's a lot more than what you're seeing, you know, and even even when you do see the good stuff in the press or whatever, there's still more. There's still history, a rich history, and um, you know, it's, it's yeah, we're very prideful of that.
0: Awesome. Well, that was all I had for you. So thank you for your time, and uh, we will see you next Friday. Thank you for your time, buddy. Not a problem. See you next Friday, man. All right, and that was uh, my interview with uh, Chad Nicefield, again from the band Wilson. Um, Again, that was a little bit dated. Um, I ended off with uh, me saying see you Friday. Uh, That was when they were on tour with uh, We Came As Romans, as you heard. Um, Since then, that band's kind of just, you know, done what they always do. They were hitting the road. They just did... uh, a small run with uh, Breaking Benjamin that led to them doing Shipped Rock again uh, and then finishing up that tour uh, with Breaking Benjamin out at uh, Cleveland. Um, it was really cool to see them finish the album cycle strong. They uh, Every single one of those shows on the Breaking Benjamin tour was uh, sold out. Um, and they are currently wrapping up uh, pre-production, I would assume, for the new record. Uh, based on what I've seen on their socials, saying that uh, they're not going to be touring until the new record's out. So hopefully I um, can talk to one of the guys and uh, soon and see how that's coming along and maybe when we can expect uh, some new music uh, from the camp. And, uh, yeah. But I wanted to end the podcast the way I do with everyone so far that we've had a musical guest on uh, and leave you with a track from Wilson. Uh Gonna go a little more old school uh, with this one, Uh, kind of the upside of having the knowledge of of them before they uh, got to where they are now with all their fans and a couple of releases under their belt. Um, This is actually going to be a version of Snake Eyes um, that had Chad redoing the vocals uh, from the song when it appeared originally on their EP, Standing on the Real, uh, with their original singer, Um, a lot of people didn't know that Chad wasn't the original vocalist, uh, and it's kind of surprising to hear how similar Chad was to their original vocalist, Um, so much so that when I had seen Chad for the first time, I fucking didn't even know that they had a new dude. Uh, That's how similar it sounded. Um, So this is actually a really old song uh they have since re-recorded it again uh for their full-length full blast fuckery um so there's a little different nuances to that but uh i think for the old school wilson fans such as myself uh there's always a little bit of more love uh and nostalgia attached to this version so um gonna end with this and hopefully you dug this and maybe i can uh find some more older interviews that i've done and uh uh, have you all listened to those? Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.